0: Hello, everyone. I am District 4 Commissioner Marlene Foscue, and you are listening to Better Together with Commissioner Foscue, where my guests and I share ideas and discuss issues impacting Gwinnett County. Well, on today's episode, I am sitting down with with Gwinnett County's new chairwoman, Nicole Love Hendrickson, to talk about her journey to becoming Gwinnett's first African-American chairwoman and her plans and hopes for Gwinnett County. Welcome to Better Together, Madam Chairman. I'm sure our listeners are excited to hear all about you. So how does it feel? Has it truly sunk in that you've made history?
1: Well, first, I want to start off by saying thank you, Commissioner Foskey, for inviting me to come on your show and share a little bit about myself and what my vision is for the county. It's truly an honor to be here. And I love platforms like this that allow uh, our constituents to really get to know the person and not the politician. So thank you for the invitation. Um, As far as how I'm feeling, um, I I feel a range of emotions. I'm very excited about this new journey. Um, You know, I'm uh, I've worked so hard in this community to really build bridges and to get to this point to really serve and address policy and the needs of our constituents um, is the reward of, of that hard work. And so I'm, I'm just truly excited to be in the position that I am in today and uh, over the next four
0: years. Okay. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your family? Like, who you know, what do you do? Who are you? Um, do you have siblings?
1: So yes. the listeners
0: may not know.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I am a native of Providence, Rhode Island, and came to uh, Georgia in 2005. I moved to Gwinnett in 2008. I am uh, a product of a single-parent household. Okay. My mom raised four kids, so I have a twin sister. Okay. I have twin brothers. Oh, wow. My mom had two sets of twins. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I... Uh, uh, I grew up in Rhode Island, I went to a college, and then moved to uh, Maryland to work right after college as a school counselor, and then came to Georgia in 2005, uh, where I went to the University of Georgia to uh, get my uh, degree in social work. Okay. Um, I, a lot of people always ask me, well, why did you choose Georgia of all the places in, in the country? And I, and I always share that. Uh, at the time I was dating a guy and came down to Georgia because I, you know, I wanted to be closer to the guy that I was dating. Well, he is now my husband. And okay. He is the father of our, our, our child who is seven years old. Um, we live in Lilburn, Georgia. My son goes to first grade at Camp Creek Elementary School. Um, absolutely love the community I live in. Um, and love this county and having worked in this county as a social worker, bridge builder, community advocate, all of the above, and uh, sharing that experience with my family.
0: Well, I remember, first of all, also, thank you for um, inviting me to participate in your swearing in ceremony. Yeah. And your son, Caden, yes, for Caden, um, he did an excellent job of leading us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Yes. Do you have any idea or any goals or what can we do to attract more families to Gwinnett County?
1: Yeah, I, you know, and that's one thing that I I always emphasize is that, you know, not only am I an elected leader, but I am a neighbor. I am uh, somebody who is raising my family in this community. And, you know, the beauty of this county is that there's so much for that we offer for families. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great place to raise a family uh, with all of our quality of life amenities, with access to education opportunities and access to our parks and, and amenities and sports leagues and um, so many different uh, aspects that attract families to this county. And so I would invite families to, you know, take advantage of all the things that we offer. You know, from from sports to our parks, to our quality of life, to uh, education assets uh, and and what have you. And, um, you know, that's really what makes this county rich and great and uh, attractive.
0: Okay. Do you mind explaining to people who may not know what is the role of the county chair?
1: That's a very good question, and one that I think people often overlook. And how I'd like to explain it is just think of a the governor of a state and what they're all responsible for in terms of being the chief officer for providing officers uh, uh, services statewide. Mm -hmm. The county chair is the the governor of a county. They're the chief governing officer of a county, and they're tasked with ensuring that they're delivering. Uh, Services, uh, setting the budget, um, setting the tax rate and the millage rate, uh, and making sure that we're providing um, uh, public services to the residents and the businesses who come to this county. The chair is also responsible for leading the meetings and uh, leading the team of a board of commissioners and being the face of the county and uh, the state in the region and also uh, in the country. So they are charged with being that office holder for the county and making sure that we're setting our county to be on course with the rest of the region, making sure that we're being competitive to attracting jobs and making sure that we're providing world-class services to our residents.
0: Well, wow, that's a lot of a lot to do and of course um, it's such uh, an important role that we play in the county and also on a regional yes. basis. Now we know that you're not new to Gwinnett County no. as far as for employment or no. Gwinnett County. You served as the founding director of the county's community outreach program, and even before that, I believe you helped lead one of the one of our organizations, Gwinnett Coalition. Yes. Is that right? Who or what influenced your interests in public service? I would say it really was my
1: experiences growing up, uh, going through adversity, growing up in a single parent household, experiencing poverty firsthand. And it really was a community network that, um, came together to support me and my family. And we had advocates. And that has always drawn me to want to go into the helping profession and, and provide, um, uh, my, give my experiences to uh, advocating for those who are vulnerable populations, advocating for youth, advocating for communities and making sure that people had what they needed to survive and thrive. Um, I've always prided myself in being a public servant first and serving the needs of the people. And that is really what has shaped me and my um journey to go into this profession and going into social work because I have faced it firsthand and I know what the value of social workers were in my life and I wanted to bring that same value to my community and the people that I served.
0: I think your answer in response to this previous question probably leads into my next question, but how has your background in social work influenced your leadership style? Yeah, so social workers and, and many people, when they think of social workers, they
1: think, um, you know, social workers are people who take kids out of the home and, and, um, you know, so many other, uh, you know, different opinions about what they are, but, From a broad standpoint, social workers are advocates, they're good listeners, they're bridge builders, they're solution focused, they focus on conflict resolution and policy reform. And so a lot of that in my educational background, my experience and working in the nonprofit sector and the community sector has really shaped how I lead and how I govern. Um, One from a solution focused perspective and wanting to look at how we address challenges even from an ecosystem. How do all of the pieces play together in how we address policy reform? It's not just my personal gut feeling of what needs to happen, but how are we looking at this comprehensively? How are we looking at the community conditions? How are we looking at policies? How are we looking at behavioral aspects of of the issues and the impact on communities, individuals, and families? And so that is really what shapes my leadership style and and how I look at addressing policy, because I'm not about, um, you know, creating and promoting change for the sake of change. You know, does it, when we look at something, are we looking at making it better? Are we looking at addressing a need that hasn't been addressed? Do we have the capacity to to address it? And do we have the resources and the skill sets to make it happen? So that's really how my leadership style has always
0: been that way. That's good to hear. And I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but in my personal background, um, I grew up in New York, so I was up north, but um, I was the seventh child out of eight children. And unfortunately, at that time, my mother had died early. Mm-hmm. So um, our, my family was placed in the foster care system. So we actually had strong relationships with social workers. Yeah. And from that, that helps to drive me also as yes. a public servant leader. And so one of the things that I um, am striving to do now is to make sure whatever I do have impact. Yes. That's my word for 2021 for yes. myself. What is going to be it. the ad pack? impact? So if you had to choose one word. Yes. of what you would like to do for 2021, what would be your word?
1: Adaptability. Mm. Um, that is my word for 2021. We are in a year of uh, a lot of change across the county. And that is fearful for some people. But, you know, what we have to be mindful of is is through the change and through the shift in leadership is that we're going to continue to maintain all the things that make Gwinnett County great. But we have to be adaptable. We have to adapt to challenges that may arise seen and unforeseen. We've seen how that played out last year with the pandemic. Nobody saw a pandemic hitting us. But we had to adapt to that, and we have to continue to be adaptive to the changes because we don't know what's going to happen. But right. we have to ease into this because there's so much change across the board in many of the different offices. And I would ask that our constituents, our residences, and those who support us to be adaptive to the change.
0: That's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Now, recently on the national platform, there's been a lot of chaos that has yes. been happening. Yes, yes in Gwinnett County, as we begin to think of what we can do locally, do you have words of encouragement or insight or some concerns or anything that you can share with our residents to say how we are adapting? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. I, you know, I'm very disheartened about what is happening on the national level, but it's not new. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there has been um, discourse and divisiveness that has been sowed for years. And this is the result and culmination of uh you know the reality you know of of what has happened for many many years and um it's it's where we are it's um hit us in the face and now we yes. have to address it and um you know while i'm very disheartened i'm also very optimistic because um you know we have uh, a strong community here in Gwinnett County we have um, leaders, we have residents, we have business owners that really come together in the face of chaos and adversity. And we all rise together. And we've seen how that has played out, even with the pandemic. We've yes. seen how our community has come together to really rise to the occasion to address those needs. And I see um, that is one of our greatest strengths here in Gwinnett. And what I I am so proud of, of our community, is that we have the ability to rise above those challenges and come together to address those needs. And um you know, I'm very optimistic for our future. I want to continue bringing us together and bridging our communities are in, in a very divisive uh, climate. No matter what aisle you serve on, I want our community members to know that um, I serve everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, despite who you look like, who you represent, what your faith is, what your political affiliation is. Um, I want to be the leader that drives us together and builds bridges and continues to move us forward in the in the face of chaos. OK,
0: we, I have one final question before we take a short break. But I, we know that you've been in the job a couple of days now officially. Yes. You know, we know when you were sworn in, but yes. officially you have been in a job what type of questions that you have received, if any, from any of the uh, the constituents what type of questions are they asking you to, yeah. for anything yeah. for specific areas what
1: yeah I, I would say the majority of my questions so far and, and really is is more so wanting to connect with me is uh, citizens who want to know how they can help um. People want to know how can they get involved? How can they help? What, what do I need? And so that's very comforting to know. Um, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll talk about how, how people and folks can get involved. Um, but the second thing in, in, uh, you know, coming into this is many people want to know. Uh, how, you know, they want to share about zoning. They want to oh, talk about the zoning cases sure. and how I'm going to vote about the zonings that, that are, that are upcoming. Right. And they want to share with me where they stand and where the community okay. stands. So I'm getting a lot of those, um, uh, uh, inquiries and I'm also getting inquiries about the budget and, um, you know, can you support this and can you make sure that this is included in the budget? And so, um, that's exciting to me that uh, our residents are very engaged and I want, our residents to be engaged and reach out to me if they have questions and concerns or
0: even if they wanna help. We have wonderful residents and believe me, they will contact us. Yes. <laughs> so we're gonna take a few minutes for a break and then we will return right afterwards. That's Thank excellent. you.
2: Thank you. Hi, I'm Andrew Hickey, a program coordinator for Gwinnett Water Resources. Fortunately, freezing weather does not happen often in Georgia, but when it does, the best way to handle any sort of water emergency in your home, including broken pipes, is to be prepared. Try these simple tips to prevent freezing weather from turning into a plumbing emergency. Turn off and drain irrigation systems. Cover outdoor spigots with styrofoam or other insulation. Disconnect and drain garden hoses. Insulate pipes in exposed areas, such as crawl spaces, attics, or garages. Open cabinets under sinks to allow warm air around your pipes. And keep your thermostat set to at least 55 degrees, especially when on vacation. But most importantly, locate your water main valve. If a pipe does freeze or break, you'll want to turn off the water as quickly as you can. For more information on Gwinnett Water Resources, visit gwinnetth2o.com. Now back to the conversation.
0: Thanks for those announcements. I hope you took notes. Now, previously when we were speaking, you mentioned about the bu- the budget, our 2021 county budget. What budget priorities do you look forward to implementing this year?
1: So I'm really excited about adopting the largest budget in the history of the county, $1.91 billion, uh, which is significant. Um, But... With that comes a responsibility to do our due diligence and also take a very methodical approach about where we are. So my first priority with the budget really is to take a step back and assess, which is why we built in funding to do a performance audit, to make sure that we are measuring the budget against our priorities and what we want to accomplish as a board, as a community, and also um, how we're being responsive to the changing needs in the county. Um, so that, that is first and foremost for me in, in terms of priority. Um, also the pandemic is, uh, a big one. You know, now that we're starting to roll out the vaccinations and, um, address the, um, uh, effort to minimize the spread of this virus, that is on the hearts and minds of everyone. And I want to make sure that we're also being responsive and adaptive to the, 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 the pandemic and the responses to that. Um, I'm glad that we were able to build in warming shelters, uh, funding for warming shelters, because that was an immediate need that we saw uh, based on uh, past years. And I'm glad that we were able to address that uh, expansion of warming funding for warming stations across the county. And then really addressing and being open to what those needs are around the community, which... You know, we have to also rely on our citizens and rely on our community partners and get a pulse of what the challenges are because we're inheriting a budget that was developed from the previous administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't know what we're going into in this 2021 year. So I really want to be open and flexible. Um, you know, keeping what's in the budget uh, budgeted for what was already allocated and earmarked, but also being flexible enough to be responsive to those changing needs as they evolve throughout the year. So that that's really where I stand with, with the budget. I want to be a good steward of the dollars and I want to show um, to make a good, to show the public that we're making a good concerted effort to be uh, responsible and in, in a good steward of those dollars.
0: That's great to hear, and um, I'm definitely um, looking forward to that. One of the things you mentioned was about partners, and yeah. so as we think about the partnerships yes. and we think about our constitutional offices, yes, did we do anything in the budget to help or assist in what they were doing or what we're asking for? Is it anything overall? Yes, so the budget
1: does have a cushion. Funds that gives us flexibility to address the needs of our constitutional office. Sir. So our sheriff, our tax commissioner, clerk of courts, and even our DA, uh, just to make sure that we're responding to their needs because they are also coming in and inheriting a budget that was already preset for them from their previous administration. And they may have different needs, they may have staffing changes, and we want to be mindful of what those needs are too because we want to support their ability to do their jobs and execute their goals and their vision for their offices as well.
0: Okay, good, good, good. That's one of the things that I know that uh, is another asset to me in Gwinnett County is building those partnerships yes. across. So you're beginning your term having to have nav- navigate, and you mentioned the COVID-19 several mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. through this global pandemic. Mm-hmm. What challenges and opportunities lie ahead amidst that? Do you know of any? I know you spoke of some. Are there any more that you could think of, or? Well, the biggest challenge right now is how
1: to reduce the spread of this virus and and eliminate this virus so that we can go back to living our lives, so that our economy can get back up and running, so that our businesses can continue to keep their doors open and we can keep people employed. Um, that is that is the biggest challenge: is um, navigating that. I know that that with the vaccination rollout, there's still uh, uh, fears about the vaccination and what's in it. And, um, you know, do I want to take it? Do I want to give it to my children? There's a, There are a lot of fears out there. But we have an opportunity to be responsible for how we educate the public about the vaccination and the process and what's in it. And we have to be open and transparent with the public. Um, I think that that is going to be, um, one of the keys to helping us eliminate the spread of this virus, but also personal responsibility and encouraging personal responsibility of our citizens. Honestly, I think we've been doing a really good job masking up, social distancing, um, you know, minimizing our gatherings, um, you know, and so I applaud the, the residents and the businesses who've really been vigilant about responding to the virus. Um, but now we we have to continue maintaining that. You know, okay. we're going into a new year. People are getting weary. They're getting tired of of um, you know being restrictive. But we just have to stay vigilant, and it's going to be incumbent upon all of us, including our leaders and our health district officials and our business leaders, to also encourage the staying vigilant um, as we weather this this pandemic.
0: Okay, great, great, great. What advice do you have for residents that may be interested in getting more involved in local government? Well, the first line of defense
1: really is to reach out to your commissioners and your district commissioners. Uh, Many of our commissioners have appointments coming up, and if you want to serve in that respect, that would be a great way to serve the community. Um, I am proud to have started and founded the Community Outreach Program Mm -hmm. here at the county as a way to engage residents and local government to understand how government works, how they can be more involved and engaged, how they can... Um, empower others to serve their community. Uh, We also have Volunteer Gwinnett, which is um, another wonderful program. Miriam Nafis does an amazing job of organizing that program where residents can find out one-time volunteer opportunities to serve their communities, whether it be through the parks or with our police department or fire department or in our many different um, divisions throughout the county. There are so many ways to serve, and our website houses all of those different ways to to get involved, and I'm proud of um, what we've done to really move the needle on making uh, opportunities available for citizens to serve.
0: Okay, well, I know the residents as well as the district commissioners, because we find out basically when this happens. But on March 3rd, I believe the state of the county address is coming yes. up. Can you give us a little hint of what we may hear or the direction that you may be taking and leading the county? Yes, and w- without going too much into the presentation itself, I know, I know. you know, <laughs> the, the
1: state of the county will focus on, um, you know, the what we would like to accomplish in this year um, building on the success of the previous years okay. um, also how we will band together as a county to address all of the challenges that that lie ahead mm-hmm. um, we know that that we have transit challenges we know that we have housing challenges we know that we have challenges, with um economic opportunity and those things we need to address. It's how we're going to do it, how we're going to rise above, rise to the occasion to address those challenges in the midst of a pandemic and how we're going to involve our providers. Um, it's going to be a little different than than what we've experienced in past state of the county. Sure. But um, I'm excited to add my own spin to it mm-hmm. and, uh you know, give our residents and our stakeholders a glimpse of um what our challenges are, but how we're going to rise to address those challenges.
0: Okay. My last question is, um, your term, if I believe, is 2021 to 2024. Correct. So in December 2024, what will Gwinnett County look like compared to what we're going through today. Today, we have the pandemic yeah. and we all pray we do mm-hmm. not have a pandemic mm-hmm. in December, by December mm-hmm. 2024. So what do you see? What do you see, Gwinnett? What is it that we are hoping that Gwinnett will look like in, in December 2024? December 2024, we will we will have eradicated the pandemic. COVID <laughs> will
1: no longer be an issue. Um, we will have at least started to address our systemic challenges with economic opportunity, with housing, with transit, and that we will have brought people together to the table to start addressing those issues. Um, you know, we as, as a board of commissioners don't work in a silo. Right. We have to involve our community in a lot of the conversations on what is going to continue making Gwinnett County great. But we realize that we have to address those challenges Um, I look at this opportunity like, um, raising a child. You know, we, we as parents, we know Mm -hmm. we want to preserve all the things that make our children great. You know, we don't want them to change. We love how they are when they're, when they're small and developing, but we realize that we also have to adapt as they grow and that we have to be responsive to their needs and that we are creating a, a strong foundation for our children to go on and when the, we pass them on, um, and, and set them off into, into their, um, into their life. So it's the same kind of concept. We have to adapt. We have to feed into that growth. We have to be responsive to their changing needs. We can't keep our babies how we always want them to be. Um, but that's the beauty of, of, being adaptive and um, looking forward to what 2024 will look like at the end of it all when we're um, being open and responsive to those needs.
0: So what you just shared today has given me, even sitting here as a district commissioner, a lot of hope and a lot of inspiration. And so we really wanted to, I really wanted to thank you um, for joining our podcast today. And I wanted to share with our listeners that um, feel free at any time to listen to these episodes on our Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast platform on your choice. But we do uh, really enjoy, I really enjoy the conversation. You know, there's nothing else I can say about that. But I'm in my mind, I'm thinking as a district commissioner, how can I help? And so I know that just... As you lead, so will the things that we do as district commissioners to support our slice of the pie, even though you're responsible for the whole pie. So I definitely want you to know, and you already know this, that you can count on me and on the other county commissioners to help to carry the mission and the vision forward. So again, thank you again for joining our podcast today. And until next time, always remember, we're much better together. Thank, thank you. you.